You're listening to the How to Talk to Girls podcast, where you'll learn step-by-step how to meet and seduce beautiful women, whether you're looking for one night of fun, a week-long fling, or a long-term relationship. I'm your host, Trip, and the episode starts now. Hello and welcome to another episode of the How to Talk to Girls podcast. So good to have you back. And if it's your first time here, welcome. Welcome to the land of dating advice, relationship advice, sex advice, and everything in between, whether it's going to be me helping you or having experts come on as well. And today we actually have one of those experts. His name is Destin Garrick. And you know, I've heard his name for a long time, and I had another person who was a guest on the show, Susan Bratton, say, you got to have Destin on. And I'm glad I did because he is about to share with you some amazing stuff and really drop some knowledge bombs in terms of tapping into your inner masculinity. And this word gets thrown around a lot. I say this actually in the interview, how masculinity is really just uh, a word that we don't have a always have a full definition of, right? You hear terms like toxic masculinity. You hear things like stepping into your masculine. You hear about maybe attraction with feminine and masculine and all this stuff. So there's a lot surrounding it. And what I wanted to do with Destin today, which we accomplished, is really trying to define what masculinity is, understanding it, understanding why it's important, why it's important to you as a person as you're in your development, why it's important to attraction, why it's important for women why it's important for so many different reasons. And this interview goes goes pretty deep and Destin shares his own experiences in learning about masculinity and then has a really great way of simplifying it to helping you understand. So I fully endorse the things that Destin has to say in this interview. Some stuff I've lightly touched upon before and I have Destin here whose whole being is is dedicated to these concepts. And like I said, been studying them and researching them and experimenting with them for so long. And you'll hear more about that. So without further ado, here is my interview with Destin Garrick from The Evolved Masculine. Hey, Destin, it's great to have you here today. How you doing? Fantastic. Good to be here with you, Trip. Yes. Awesome. So you talk a lot about masculinity. I mean, your book is called The Evolved Masculine. That's even the name of your website too, isn't it? It is. Yeah. My entire brand is built around The Evolved Masculine. So how did, where did you come up with this stuff? Where did you learn from? How, why should guys listen to you? What have you been doing uh, for your life where you got so into this and and you've learned so much about this and and become an expert in it. Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, this has many ways has defined my life. Simple explanation to the best I can do. I grew up in a rather volatile household with my mother and father being in an extremely toxic dynamic between the two of them. Fast forward a bit, in, in high school, my uh, girlfriend at the time was raped on her 15th birthday just before we met. I was the first person she told, and I was 16 and not emotionally equipped to handle it. We ended up being together for the next few years, and I took on a message that was pretty problematic 
as a boy becoming a man to take on the message that men, masculinity, and especially men's sexuality are dangerous, not to be trusted, and inherently harmful. Uh, but I took that in very deeply over the next 10 years. And finally, in my late 20s, I started to recognize I think something is horribly out of balance inside of me. And I dedicated 2007, which is now 13 years ago, to actively explore my masculinity and what it means to me to be a, a man in this world. And when I dove in so intensely, I had no idea that doing so was going to upend my life in so many ways, radically transform my very notion of who I am and my experience of the world. But what I thought was initially just this weird thing that I needed to do because of my the ways in which I was messed up, uh, turns out a lot of men today really struggle with their relationship to what it means to be a man, especially a good man in 2020. And what is this thing called masculinity and how do I form a healthy relationship to it? And so it's become a, a major foundation of the work that I bring forward to the world. So when guys come to you and they need help, what are they saying to you? What are their questions? What are their problems? What are their issues? Well, a lot of it's like, I don't even know who I'm supposed to be anymore. Is I just feel like there's all these conflicting messages of, you know, I'm, I'm supposed to be the one who, who goes for it and makes it happen. But then at the same time, wait, I don't want to come across as, as the creep. And I feel like there are these examples all the time in the media these days of what I'm not supposed to do, or what not to be. Okay, well then, what am I supposed to be? How am I supposed to be? A lot of confusion. Yeah, no, there is. And I think there's also a lot of confusion where we hear, like you said, like, let's be assertive. Let's man up. Let's be men. Let's take charge. But then we hear from some people, no, women like it when you're more vulnerable, you know, which is putting men in their feminine position a little bit more. And, and so they're hearing, you no, know, be soft, be vulnerable. Don't be so hard. No, 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 no. Be hard. And, and it's just like, there's a lot of confusion here. So you would say that you're trying to solve this confusion? Yeah, you could say that. Uh, to, to speak of what you just referenced, I think is a, the big problem that uh, we see in our society right now is everything tends to be very black and white. It's either A or B. And men tend to end up fitting themselves into one of these boxes. And I think that what's being called forward right now, though, is a much more integrated version of masculinity, a very a much more integrated sense of what it is to be a man, that you can be strong, you can even be assertive, you can be very clear and go for what you want, and you can be connected to your emotions, your body, what you're feeling, and even your sensitivity, that they do not need to be in conflict with one another. So how would you help a guy through this process? Well, it depends. Uh, first, I did identify where he falls on the spectrum. Is he more of a quote-unquote man's man? Does he come more from that, that sense of our more traditional notions of what uh, masculinity is supposed to be and they has spent most of his life trying to fit into that box? In which case, his work is probably more about integrating his healthy feminine, allowing himself to feel 
allowing himself to even know what he's feeling and how to have healthier ways of expressing that? Or is he a man who has eschewed those aspects of, uh, of traditional masculinity, has been like, no, I don't want to be that, sees it as a problem in X, Y, or Z way, sort of like I uh, once did. And instead, it is very much in his feeling sense, but quite simply has created a certain disconnect from his own masculinity. In which case, that's where the work is. How do we dive into that and strengthen his core, strengthen his solidity, his groundedness, his internal validation, his sense of who he is, his truth, his power, his ability and willingness to go for what he wants and get it? You know, I think we throw around the words feminine and masculine a lot. So I want to take a step back. Everything you're saying is very interesting. I want to hear more about what or how you define masculine and feminine. Like, what are these words? What does this, what does this even mean? Yeah, great questions. If you look up a dictionary definition, uh, I think you're going to see where the root of some of these problems come from. Uh, according to the dictionary, masculinity is that, you know, attributes are uh, that which is of men and femininity, that which is of, of women. And I think that that's where some of our root problems come from. That I, I take more of an influence from uh, different Eastern and esoteric perspectives that look at masculine and feminine as these energies that permeate the universe. These are energies that exist within every single one of us, uh, within you, within me, within the listener right now, is the capacity to pull from any of these masculine energies, which I'll define in a moment, or any of these feminine energies. And that, yes, we both are our biology as well as our environment can help steer us to express or pull from one of these energies more than the other. But there's no single person who lives 100% in one of these energies or the other, nor do I think it is useful to try to do so. So masculine, linear, mental or intellectual, driving, leading, um, single-minded, potency, assertive. Uh, feminine it would be receptive, nonlinear, can go anywhere in any moment, intuitive, uh, body-based, uh, felt sense. So these are qualities that exist in all of us. We have that capacity and chances are they are set to those that come easier for you than the other. And I'm really of the vantage point that we're really being called to be more integrated, to find like which are these aspects here that are more challenging for you to uh, sink into and build that capacity. And it doesn't need to be at the expense of, of the other. You can explore these more quote-unquote feminine energies, not only in a way that doesn't diminish your masculinity, but that can actually help you understand and know your masculinity more fully as a result simply via contrast, as well as help give you a deeper insight and understanding into the woman or women in your life. How do you relate this all to attraction? Right. So how do we we take some of these concepts that you just described, masculine and feminine, and talk about attraction? Because I know that comes up a lot. Well, it comes up a lot on this podcast. It comes up a lot. 
on other places on the internet talking about masculinity and femininity being two opposites that attract each other. And I want to talk a little, a little bit about that. And then I want you to help us with what's the fine line between tapping into, let's say, your feminine side, but how much can you do that with still being able to attract a woman and things like that? Does that make sense? Yeah, great question. I tend to think that the way this is spoken about is often incomplete. Uh, you're speaking of what's often referred to as polarity. The polarity of uh, how masculine and feminine as these energies are opposite sides of of a pole or a spectrum. And just like north and south ends of a magnet, they can attract one another. But there's also energetic resonance. And both of these play a role in how to talk to girls. (laughs) In creating attraction and developing connection. Resonance tends to create comfort and safety, whereas polarity tends to create that heat and desire. Both of these are necessary to create real attraction. They're both necessary. Men have a tendency to focus too much on one or too much on the other. So either they're just trying to figure out, how do I get in her pants? How do I I spark her desire or get her to let me kiss her? have my way with her, what have you. In which case, he's often forgetting or not keeping in mind how big of a deal, how massive of a deal, a sense of safety, both physical safety and emotional safety is for women. And how it tends to be a much higher priority, much more front of mind than it is for most men. Or he slipped onto that side. All of his attention is he wants to make sure that she's comfortable. He doesn't uh, come across as a creep, that uh, he doesn't come across as one of those guys, quote unquote. And it's just that she's comfortable, she feels safe. And in so doing, he has killed all attraction. He's sexually neutered the situation. (laughs) That's That's a really funny way of putting it, sexually neutered. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's not even just the situation. He starts with sexually neutering himself. He does so by cutting off his his own sexuality, repressing it, which really is rooted in a certain kind of shame, ultimately. Whether he wants to think of it as such or not, there's this fear that there's something inherently wrong, problematic, harmful with his sexuality and or desire. Where I was actively testing all of this, testing, 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 and, and understanding what was going on, and finding some real, real solutions here. I've come to think of it as, quote-unquote, the magic formula. The magic formula for unlocking sexual abundance, whatever you prefer, that finding that right balance of creating safety and creating uh, desire and turn-on. And this really is a certain play of your masculine and feminine energies. Working with these certain aspects of your feminine to create a resonance, a compassion, a a feeling of empathy and understanding between the two of you, and working with your uh, masculinity to be able to A, both lead the situation, create a sense of a safe container, a feeling of being held within that, as well as that polarity, that spark, and allowing her to feel your sexual turn-on and sexual desire without making her responsible for your sexual turn-on and desire. Does that make sense? 
Yeah, I think it makes sense. I'm curious to know what this all looks like in the real world. So meaning this idea, tell me if I if I have this correctly. You're saying there's a balance between you not cutting off your sexuality and being somewhat uh, maybe assertive or being in your kind of sexual energy. And then the other part is you want to make her feel safe. So, and if you're two in one and not in the other, it can cause an issue, right? So if you are playing it too safe, there's not going to be any sexuality in the interaction and it's really not going to formulate into desire, chemistry, or attraction. And if you're the other way, you might be so assertive that it could turn into aggressive and it can make a woman not feel safe. Do I have this right so far? Yes, I want to add to it. Please. Actually, I'd like to give a little uh, take-home exercise that our listeners can can play with today. Yeah? Yeah, let's do it. So, as men, we're often given, uh, given the message that if you are turned on, that you've got to either do something with that turn-on. I need to figure out how to... Screw this woman. I don't know what language I can use on this podcast. <laughs> um, anything, anything you'd like. Yeah, great. <laughs> I'm turned on. I need to try to fuck this woman. <laughs> or I'm a New Yorker at heart. Or, you know, I need to go and whack one off and, uh, you know, whack off and, and uh, get this, this energy like out and done. Or this is not okay. And I need to shut this down. I need to shut down this feeling. It's, it's not acceptable. It's not okay. But there really is a third way, which is learning to simply be in your desire, to be in the turn on and simply feel it. Feel it in your system. So this is, this is the practice. Simply over the next 24 hours, bring your awareness into your pelvis, into your groin, cock your balls, and just notice any sensation that you're feeling there. You could even do that right now. Just notice anything that you feel. And you, maybe you don't feel much at all. And maybe you feel a little like tingling sensation or pressure, or, uh, electrical charge or anything at all. And as you're going about your day, just regularly check in to what you're feeling. Now, throughout the day, perhaps there's somebody, some woman who walks by or you're talking to or a, a barista or whatever, who you feel that, that little turn on your system. You notice yourself feeling attracted to them. Check in. Just bring your awareness down to your groin and what do you notice? What do you feel in your body there? And simply allow yourself to notice and feel whatever you are feeling. You're building the capacity to A, notice what you're feeling and B, to simply allow yourself to be with it. Maybe you're in a more heavily uh, turned on state. Great. Practice not needing to do anything with it and not needing to make the feeling go away, but instead appreciating that sense of the feeling in your body and to allow yourself to notice what you are feeling in your body and where you are feeling it and simply be with it. You're learning to hold sensation in your system. That alone can be very powerful. So this is part of what I mean that allows her to feel safer with your with your sexual desire is that she 
no longer needs to feel like she is somehow responsible for your desire. She does not need to do anything with it. You're honoring and respecting her autonomy within this, but you're not denying your own feeling, your own turn on. Does that make sense? It does. It does. So you're saying that's how you kind of step into the more sexual part of it. Yeah, which is a a key part of it. You know, a lot of poor role models when it comes to sexual expression amongst men. Like when I say the words like healthy, empowered, masculine sexual expression, a lot of folks just kind of look at me blankly. Like, what does that even mean? We seem to have examples every day of what not to do and what not to be. And this is one of the things that really drove me to, well, particularly to write the book, but to build this whole model of what I call the evolved masculine in the first place, is that we need more than simply examples of what not to do or be, but also something that can inspire us, that we can aspire towards. And with all this being said, how do we create the balance? Of what? Creating the balance between these two sides of of creating safety but still being in our desire or sexuality, so to speak. Well, like I said, first recognize which one tends to be more of your go-to. Do you tend to focus more on how do I get in her pants? Or do you tend to focus more on how do I make sure that she feels safe and comfortable in my presence? Then bring your attention into developing the other part within yourself. The Develop the other capacity. So if you tend to focus on you want to make sure that she feels comfortable and that she feels safe, how are you with your own desire? How are you with a woman really feeling and sensing that you sexually desire her? Are you comfortable in that? Are you comfortable feeling that desire within you and just being with the feeling of that desire? Are you comfortable overtly expressing that desire? Cool. Great. Maybe you're on the other side and you express that desire left and right. How much do you keep in mind? The, how much do you recognize and understand the depth to which her uh, feeling of physical and emotional safety, the importance that that holds for her? And what would you change by keeping that front in mind as you engage with her? Got it. Got it. Damn, powerful stuff. Powerful stuff. Many years of thinking about this and testing this and (laughs) working with people on it and talking and listening to women around it. (laughs) Yeah. No, and you made it so simplified too, which is which is really good, you know. Yeah. No, I'm just thinking, you know, I think it'd be good for maybe you to explain also, because we didn't really tap into this. And some guys get it, but I don't think every guy really does. You talked about safety. Mm. What does that mean? Why does a woman need to feel safe? What kind of safety are you talking about? What is, what is important about that? Yeah, I, I write about this fairly extensively within, within my book as well. But um, one, keep in mind, most women are smaller in height and weight and strength than most men. And they have to move through this world in which uh, the objects of their uh, 
attraction at men are bigger and stronger than them. That any time they get into a potentially romantic or sexual situation with somebody, that person is likely could overpower them in a moment. They go into the situation knowing that even though you may know that you would never harm her, you murder her, on some level she knows that if you wanted to, you could. I see. And there wouldn't be a yeah. whole lot that she could do to stop you. Yeah. Really let that sink in. And so there's a level of trust that that requires to even go into that private or intimate space with you or to be alone with you. I'll put on top of that, particularly since the catalyst of the Me Too movement, almost uh, you know, two and a half years ago, we've really been coming to terms with the the degree of uh, sexual trauma that exists within our culture. That when you are engaging with this woman that you may just be meeting, you have no idea what she has in her history. And so when you go to speak to her, engage with her, however she's reacting or responding to you, a good chunk of it, it doesn't have anything to do with you. She's coming in with her own history. And any and every interaction that she's had with men before you can play a role in how she's responding to you. So then there's emotional safety. The emotional safety has to do with her heart. Does she feel like she's going to be seen and taken care of by you? This doesn't necessarily mean that because you are saying hello and or taking her to bed means that you now must marry and spend your life with her. You can absolutely have a woman feel incredibly held and her heart feels safe, even if it's just for a night, and still leave her in a place where she feels better for the experience than had she not had it. The emotional safety is also rooted in her wondering, like, how are you going to think of her? She may be wondering, if she goes home with you, are you going to think less of her? Are you going to think that she's a slut? What are her friends going to think? What is she going to think about her, herself for having engaged with you in this way? So all these things can end up going on inside of a woman that are very different from the, the crap that we deal with inside of us as men. And having that deeper understanding of her emotional journey and the various things that may be coming up inside of her can allow you to create more of a space for her that she can relax into, where she knows that she, where she can feel that she's not being judged and will not be judged, that she is fully seen and accepted for who she is and how she is, that you hold her autonomy, her bodily autonomy, sexual autonomy, her ability to make choices of yes or no as sacrosanct, as, as first and foremost, and within that, creating the conditions that she wants to say yes to, but she could say no, and you would honor that. Right. I'm really glad you explained it like that because I feel like a lot of guys, it's hard to relate, right? You, you don't know. You only think and feel what you think and feel. So it's really hard to understand what a woman is thinking and feeling. Yeah, so it's good to understand that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I think that it starts by wanting, wanting to understand. You know, this is this. Sometimes men can, and of course, women have their own issues. Don't get me wrong, but, but men can get locked into, especially if they have challenges with women. They can get locked into 
our issues, the, 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 the challenges that he's having, the, the, his own insecurities, the th- things that are difficult for him or the things that seem so easy for, for her or for women. And sure, there are things that are easier for women, things that are easier for men, and each have their own sets of, of problems or challenges. But I think that the part of creating that uh, feeling of deeper uh, safety is having that empathy, that compassion, that the understanding of trying to understand, okay, what is her world? How, is, how does she experience life? And with that, how is she going to experience you? Exactly. And it's, and it's good to understand. And a lot of guys don't understand themselves. It's good to understand yourself. It's good to understand women. And then you can be able to kind of throw it all together and make sense of it. So your interactions can be drastically different than whatever was happening. You know, what I think, Destin, is a lot of guys who listen to this podcast, and this is a generalization, but I've talked to many of the guys who listen to the podcast. And the commonality I see, and this is something that I struggled with when I was first learning about women and and masculinity and sexuality and things like that, this struggle is really not being able to tap into their into the masculine part of them that is about being more assertive and feeling your sexuality and, and kind of using the exercise that you talked about and really feeling all those things inside of your body and not judging yourself for it, being okay with it and being able to explore it with someone else that's in front of you. I think a lot of guys, in a weird way, castrate themselves. Absolutely. Uh, you, you say neutered, castrate, whatever. Same idea, right? Same idea, yeah. They do that to themselves because they fear the judgment from the woman. What's the judgment? Uh, well, it could be anything, but then what's the result of a judgment? A rejection. And that's where guys kind of fear that rejection. And so they don't want to put themselves out there too much. And then guys struggle with getting in the friend zone and, and being virgins very late in their life and things like that, that they, that they struggle with mentally. So I feel, like, I feel like a lot of guys listening are kind of having that issue, which I'm glad we covered. Yeah, so you bring up some really important points that this can be a little bit of a paradox, but what can come up uh, that you were speaking to, Trip is what I think of as external validation. When men are looking for their sense of being a man, their sense of being enough, their sense of being valid as a human being from her whoever she is, from the woman, that if they'll just get her attention, the, her kiss, her sex, her approval, that then, then I am okay. And when you're running from that place, uh, again, whether it's uh, con- consciously or unconsciously, you're already uh, off on the wrong foot. And also, when you're moving from that place, you're also far less likely to get the result that you're wanting to in the first place. And so the practice, and this is, this is not a single snap your fingers and it's done thing. This is a cultivation, is to, to build up that internal validation, that, that sense of my sense of self comes from within. No one can give it to me. Nobody can take it away from me. I know my value. I know who I am. It is mine. That is a game changer. And that, quite honestly, is also extraordinarily attractive. So that, of course, begs the question of, okay, so how? How do you do that? Well, a big part of it, honestly, I think it can be rooted outside of your relationships with women as well. Like, 
who are you when you're not <laughs> engaging, when you're not trying to figure out how to talk to girls? What are the things that are important to you? Where do you excel? Whether in particular things or uh, just in who you are in life? And how do you strengthen those aspects of yourself that you are proud of? Strengthen uh, who you are in the world. And honestly, I think it's extremely valuable for men to really clarify and deepen a sense of your own purpose, like why you're here in this life and what you're doing with your life have something that's really important to you that you can devote yourself and your energies to that you can feel good about and proud of. When you hold those things, any single woman's response to you becomes less of a determinant of who you are. You've, you find that value elsewhere so you can show up more whole in how you are engaging with a particular woman in front of you. And she'll tend to respond much more positively anyway. As a result, yeah, it's a really it's a win 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 there, and yeah, this is what we as guys have a lot of trouble with with uh, the whole validation thing. And like you said, it's not overnight; it takes a lot of time. I mean, you're really changing your psychology, you know, when you're when you're trying to maneuver with that kind of stuff. So it it takes time, but it's 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 worth it. it it's incredibly worth it. So I so here's the thing: we're gonna. Time is going to keep passing no matter what. No matter what you're doing things with your time, no matter what you are growing in some direction or devolving in some direction with your life. So one of the core parts that I express actually in the first of the four major parts of my book is self as creator. So this is, this is really about deeply owning your capacity to create who you are in the world. And by this, I don't mean you know the the three tricks that you can implement tonight to be the man you always wish to be, but rather to to crystallize a vision of the man that you really yearn to be or become, what's really possible within you, and to crystallize a vision that's so powerful for you, so inspiring for you that it will keep it will keep you moving in this direction. You can fall off the wagon, so to speak, you can get distracted, but it will act as a beacon for you to continuously turn back towards so that you can keep moving in that direction. Day by day, week by week, month, year by year, decade by decade, who is the man that you are becoming? Get clear on on that and simply turn your nose in that direction and walk. If you keep walking, you'll get closer and closer to becoming him. Period. I love it. Destin, that was fantastic. Well said. And I want now to give the opportunity for guys who are connecting with you and really liking what you have to say here for you to talk about what they can do to contact you if they want to work with you. Uh, maybe it's your book, maybe it's personal coaching. Where can they get a hold of you or your information for more? Yeah. So, first off, I uh, highly recommend the book. It is the culmination of 20 years of work. So it's evolvedmasculinebook.com. We'll give you uh, much more info about the book itself. Um, or of course, you can just search Evolved Masculine on Amazon or check your local bookstore. You can find more about me at evolvedmasculine.com or I'm on most social media, most active on Facebook and Instagram. And I've been building out this uh, membership community, the Evolved Masculine uh, community that's... Uh, Really, my place to to scale this movement is, which is really how I view it, like that we are in a time period where men are being introspective more so than I think 
they have in previous generations. Really looking at, okay, like, what kind of man do I want to be? And honestly, my big challenge that I first held to myself and now I, I present to all of our listeners here is become the role model that you wished that you had. Become the role model you wished that you had. We need more positive, healthy role models of men in the world today. There are men, and particularly young men, who are actively looking and seeking, whether they're realizing it or not. And who would you be? And who would you have to become to, to be that role model that you wish that you had? Not only will it be in service to other men, and particularly younger men around you, but it will radically change you for the better as well. So uh, you can check out and join our community at evolvemasculine.com slash membership, where you can join a, a set of men who are just as committed, who are committed to being the best men they can be, to actively explore their masculinity, their sexuality, their relationships with women, to be an unconditional mutual support of one another, and to challenge each other to be the best men that we, we can be. Awesome. Awesome. Sounds good. Well, Destin, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us today. Thanks for being here. And guys, check him out when you have the chance. And I'll put those links in the show notes. Thanks so much, Destin. Thank you.